0: This is Preambling, where we turn our useless banter into a whole show so we can cut the fat from our normal episode. In this episode, Josh flies solo to talk about Jeff's struggle with the coal man's lifestyle, cave to the cross passing 200, the silliness of standpoint epistemology, weird political and theological bedfellows, making Twitter fun again, a smorgasbord of foreign policy stuff, why no one can seem to say they were wrong, how to keep your eye on the ball in foreign policy and chiasms and commandments and claims. Oh my. Enjoy. Hello, grace and peace. We're taking anarchy to church here on the Anarchist Bible study. I'm Josh, aka Iowan Cap, and as you can see, no Jeff. We are Jeffless this week. See, uh we 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 had this whole plan for for the night, uh, but then Jeff came down with consumption. I mean, he never was like specific about what his sickness was, but I guess I just assumed it was a old coal miner's disease. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm figuring things out. I'm going to do a, a, a sort of a solo preambling everything. I'm going to do a solo everything, just soloing it up. And so, uh, I kind of just started doing what I usually do, which is I started randomly clicking through my, uh, through my Twitter and through kind of my favorite places to go for news, which is mostly antiwar.com and the Lou com, And just started looking through some, uh, preamble-ish current events stuff. Um, (laughs) and then, (laughs) uh, and then i'm going to yeah then i've got some other things so i can i can pull out a couple episodes on my own but i thought i would just kind of first i'm going to go through some tweets that uh i had made over the past week or so and uh yeah we'll just make our way through that and if you guys have things you want to talk about drop it in the chat um and if you want to join the chat and you're watching this when it comes out Later on this week, and you were not part of the live chat. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and become part of the chat. We and and with that usually comes an exclusive uh, supporters pre show, which we didn't have this week because um, that's usually a a pre uh like uh, it's, it's usually just me, right? It's usually just me, and I'm I'm doing everything just me. So why would I do more of just me when I can just do just me now anyway uh so so let's 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 uh let's let's take a tour uh but yeah um okay thanks for that fan is off we're and so are we off to the races so to start i'm gonna do a little bit of uh a little bit of twittering and i'm gonna start with a little a little congratulations i threw the way of uh our good friend patrick in the uh who is the, the constant chat denizen and in uh, friend of the show, um, he and Tony just had their 200th episode and um, they, they, they definitely minimized it. They didn't make a big deal out of it. Just threw it in at the end, but that's a big deal. Congrats to, to those two. They do a great show. Um, if you, if you're following us and you're not watching them, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Um, Anything we can do, they can do better. So so you should definitely be following and watching their show. Um, 200 episodes is a big deal. Um, congrats. And, of course, by the time this episode goes live, their 201 has probably been dropped. And, um, yeah, hopefully they have... 200 more or something. (laughs) They uh, keep producing great, great comments, content. And, um, and, and one of the things they say is, and and they really do is they help you to, they get you, get, get you reading again. uh, If you're, if you're having trouble getting going on that. And uh, it was helpful for, it was helpful for me. Um, I've been, I'm actually reading a couple books at a time with them because I'm going through older shows of theirs while I uh, am going, keeping up with the, the, the newest shows as well. So I'm reading a couple books with them. Just one of them. They've already read. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say a little something, say a little something of that. congrats to cave to the cross apologetics. You should, uh, follow them on YouTube and, or wherever you get podcasts. Um, definitely go over there. Um, next moving on with some Twitter. Oh, did I push the button, but it didn't move because I'm not on the right. Okay. There you go. Um, this was a weird tweet. I don't know who this fairly spiritual guy is. You know, he's like... He's authored a book, I guess. I don't know if that... And he's and he apparently runs a podcast. I, I don't know. See, I don't know who is significant and who's not. Like... I mean, he's got a uh, pretty good following. So I don't know... If he's a significant guy. But he posts this weird tweet... It's easy for privileged people to talk about the sovereignty of God when their lives will not be profoundly negatively impacted by the injustices of wicked men. Which, you know, is stupid. Like, that's just a fundamentally stupid statement. Like, like that, that a truth is only true if it affects you? That's, that's, that's dumb. That's a dumb, dumb statement. Uh, and, and like thats the, the silly. And also because, like, really, like, only like, wh- wh- who is he calling privilege Again, this is these are this is this is the leftist woke nonsense. Throw spaghetti at the wall terms like privileged people. Define privileged. Like, like, I'm assuming he's gonna call me privileged because I'm a white male. But I mean, like, there are plenty of, like, like, okay, Eric July is a black male. Like I'm supposed to be more privileged than he is, but he's a millionaire. Now, I'm I'm not. <laughs> like he just made a million dollars selling comic books. I'm not. So so am I still more privileged than him? Like I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm it's, it's so it's it's a meaningless jargon word that that just makes you feel better for having written it. And I hope and and here you go. Like this is this is so this is this is so pharisaical. Like this is literally pharisaical. Like you you know what what you you have your award. You were noticed for pointing out uh for standing up for privileged people because only they apparently can believe in the sovereignty of God. Only privileged people can can read uh the Bible. Which of course this is what it is. This is what this is what wokism is. Wokeism is liberation theology gone mainstream. Like that's all it is. Um, it, it, you know, it's it, it, we're all talking like it's a new thing, but it's just liberation theology. Um, with it, you know, like, um, that <laughs> comedian who says that not that uh, uh, <laughs> um, non denominational churches are just Baptists with a cool website. Well, that's what wokeism is. Wokeism is just uh, liberation theology with a cooler website, you know, they've got a cooler brand. Um, and and so it's just it's this is profoundly stupid. Um, but I, I, I only read the parts of the Bible that affirm my politics left as edition Cause that's all it is. Like, this is just <sighs> ditch the jargon, get back to the, get back to the Bible. Um, Michael Moore's trending. That's fun. Uh, next one. What's with the Winston class of Big Eva fawning over Kristen Dumes? Didn't she say she was updating her CV? That stands for curriculum vitae. That's the um academic version of a um of a resume. Um, didn't she say she was updating her CV in light of the CRC, her seminary's dinam, uh affirming checks notes biblical sexuality? Because that's what's isn't that interesting? That's that's what's interesting is all these um. All these uh, big Eva types are who are fawning over um, Kristen demay's Like she, she hates their theology. Like she, she does right. I mean, am, am, am I wrong about that's what she was saying. CRC was saying, uh, basically, just um, the denomination. As I said before, like that CRC is uh, heavily um, a whole lot of their money comes from um, Iowa farmers. And I know that because I know those Iowa farmers. Um, they all come from my I come from that neck of the wood. And 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 it's only so long, and this is the, the thing that they got they've gotten away with for so long, is that the seminaries and the pastors have kept somewhat quiet what they actually believe. Like this thing is that I went to a reformed an RCA um school and I heard what these reformed types really believe behind the Oh, well, we still affirm this uh, we still affirm it on paper, but I found out what they actually believe by actually talking to them and listening to their them and going to their classes and to, and especially to their um uh to their uh bu- 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 chapel services. And and that's where I find out like I'd come back and I would tell all these RCA people like if you only knew what's going on at your academic institutions, you wouldn't support them anymore. It's it's um and it's the same thing for the CRC academic institutions, um, with with some exceptions. There's a few good schools, um, out there for CRC, but but it seems like, uh, the rich farmers found out what their seminarians and academics are trying to pull over them, and and they started pushing back, and then all of a sudden, Kristen Mays. Is one of the people who were saying we're updating our CV. A lot of us are updating our CVs, um, implying that they'd have to leave their seminary because they were affirming biblical sexuality. So you know, it, the, the, this is the this is the nonsense, and and I'm going to be coming back to the subject in a few in a few clicks uh, of you know people. Um, <laughs> People jumping into the uh proverbial bed with people who Especially in Big Eva, they're they're jumping into alliances with people who do not have their best interests in mind. And of course that's what makes that's that's the big problem with Big Eva is they do not um for for all their claims of being the prudent ones, um they they're not. They're they're not prudent, and 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 um, their history and their alliances um, prove it. Is but um, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> uh, uh, this I don't know who this Sawyer Hackett is. Probably yeah, some kind of a well, I don't know. Oh, bold progressive. Okay, Julian Castro. I don't. Yeah, that's a political guy. So points out that the White House has been fact checked by Twitter with month. Dane nuances at least three times since Elon Musk took over, uh, a right-wing filter on a giant communications platform. What could go wrong? And, the, and then there's another. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fact check on the tweet. <laughs> uh, mischaracterization of the notes. Fact check by Twitter is incorrect and misleading. The notes are Birdwatch notes, which are written by Birdwatch contributors, not Twitter employees. And, and this is just, what, of course, is lovely about this. What's glorious and beautiful about this is, um, as I say, this is what the right has been getting. For the last six years, ever since Donald Trump's, uh, won the presidency, this is what we've, what we've been getting. Um, technically like Monday, yeah, Monday nuances. It's so funny. Um, that is literally what the fact checks have been doing constantly to right wing Twitter. And it's just, it's funny that they just, once they start getting it, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not a fan of it anymore. Um, but it's, (laughs) uh, it's glorious. I've just been, I've been enjoying the ride with the, uh, post Musk Twitter. Um, you know, a lot of people are making a big deal out of like, Oh, do, can we really trust him? I don't care. Uh, (laughs) Twitter was going down the, down the dump. And now, um, it's, it's just, you know, Elon Musk make Twitter fun again. That's what's going on (laughs) right now. Um, Yeah, Dr. Moore, Dr. Moore. Um, I just, I kind of hate that, that that's his handle, at Dr. Moore. Like That's so pompous, man. If I ever get a a doctorate, um, I will go by Dr., my last name, which I have not yet uh, doxed. Um, you see, you don't get, you don't get the last name for free. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta pay money and get to know me so so they can can do that. Or, or I'll have to write a book in order to to dox. Anyway, um, I would go by Dr. Whatever for like a month just to, uh, just to celebrate the fact that I, I got through it. It's by the way, it's unlikely, but, um, but, but like, it's just, it's just such a pompous thing. Like, I don't know. See, okay. 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 Patrick, I, I actually don't make a big deal. I actually don't like that because I actually know where the term doctor comes from. Like, okay. So he's like doctor, like doctor, doctor, or Dr. Pepper doctor it was really funny. But of course the joke is like, um, you know, doctor as in PhD or doctor as a medical doctor. I actually think the PhD has more of a claim to the the term. I think they're actually the more correct term because I actually, you know, we, we who have some, okay am I going to do a Latin flex? Okay. I might do a Latin flex. Um, those with any, even passing knowledge of Latin know that the word doctor actually means teacher. Um, that's where the term came from. Like a doctor of theology would have been the, the teacher of theology. Um, and so, and that's where that's actually, uh, so while PhD is closer, it's really not right either. Um, but, uh, (laughs) but, um, yeah. And that's of course, that's the ironic ir- irony of calling medical doctors, doctors. They don't really teach you about medicine or medical uh, or health. Um, they, they just tell you to take a pill and, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, certainly a little bit dismissive, but anyway, um, that's, that's not the point of this. Of course he, 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 wrote a Christianity Today article about how disappointed he was when he saw an image, a pair of underwear with a hammer captioned Paul Pelosi Halloween costume. He was almost shaking with rage. Why? It was posted by someone who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Like, bro. Bro. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the selective outrage is is somewhat infuriating. It's always, like... They they show their real allegiances by the way that they only punch right. Um, it's and it's boring. I, I would be mad about it if I wasn't so bored of it by now. Like, does anyone even read Christianity Today anymore? Like, they follow. Like, how many people follow their tweets? Yeah, three hundred sixty thousand followers. But man, does anyone even read it anymore? Like, if we just we notice their tweets, but I would love to see the numbers. It's a it's kind of a like it's such a dead magazine. And of course, that again, I've talked about this before. Um yeah, the Rand Paul neighbor meme made him just as mad too, right? Yeah, good good point, Patrick. Did it? Of course not. Um I I don't I don't know how to follow that. Um but yeah, followers plus engagement. I am But anyway, um but the, the the again, like this is this is another point at which um the right needs to learn how to gatekeep hardcore. Like we need to learn how to gatekeep, uh, against bad actors. Like, um, okay. I'm weighing my words a little bit here. Um, you know, Christianity today, um, founded of course by, and I've talked about this before, um, founded of course by, um, What? Oh my goodness. Um, Billy Graham. (laughs) There you go. Um, Billy Graham for all the good things he did. He is the worst about not gatekeeping evangelical Christianity. He was the worst about it. Like he did so terrible. Um, he, he, he let out anyone in like, like as much as, as, as I, I'm not going to say like, uh, you know, we, we have, we have love for our Catholic followers and Catholic friends, but Catholic, Catholics are not evangelicals and, and yet, um, <laughs> he would connect with, with Catholics in his evangelical crusades. And he's just like, well, well what, well, then what's the point? Like it does, he it, it connected with them in such a way that it's like, well, what's the point? Like they're, they're not evangelical. It doesn't make sense. And like, that's just, uh, just part of it of like, he, this is the problem with, I don't do doctrine. I do evangelism or I don't do doctrine. I do relationship. Um, Christianity is that like, well, uh, you, there's no way to guard against wolves. Like they, they just open the door and let the wolves write in the pen and it doesn't. And, and then Christianity today becomes the flagship liberal evangelical magazine. And, and uh, they didn't have to, they didn't have to, didn't even have to create a following. Didn't even have to create a brand. They just came out, came in and took it over. Like, um, I might be wrong about this, but I was pretty sure that Billy Grant. the story is that Billy Graham created Christianity today because he wanted to give a platform to, um, to to for for Carl Henry's uh, work, and if that's what he had stayed with, it would have been wonderful. Um, it's just it. Anyway, I spent more time on this than I should. Moving on uh, <laughs> to next tweet. Okay, so there was this this UN Women's. Uh, tweet which everyone got a kick out of because for, for all the right reasons um it says of all journalists killed in 2021 11 percent were women in 2020 that was this was six <laughs> percent that's just like okay that's a weird way of saying that 89 percent of journalists killed are, are men uh, <laughs> like that <laughs> and that was a funny thing but I think what was interesting is I didn't see the comments um I immediately jumped to a different conclusion when I saw this and I tweeted accordingly and And uh, I I don't see a lot of people having picked up on this because it seems like the the timing is pretty specific. There was a high-profile female journalist who was killed and the government claimed that it was accidental and yet evidence has now shown that it was intentional. They intentionally were targeting her. And I asked, and, and I jumped to that conclusion that they're talking about this. And I said, why not say her name? Like, that, isn't that the whole leftist thing? I know it's based in weird occult practices, but isn't that the whole thing? Say her name? Like, why not get specific? Like, this is virtue signaling bullcrap. Like, this, that's exactly what this is. There's one particular woman journalist who was targeted by one specific regime. Why don't you say who it was? And, of course, asking the question answers it, of course. Like, what, like... Oh, this is the thing that, like, ever everyone is afraid is so deathly afraid of calling out the Israeli regime. Deathly afraid of it. Like, it's just no one is willing to do it. You ever notice that? Like, like they write this this post, which which you know, as everyone pointed out, like you know, is a weird way of saying that eighty nine percent of journalists killed are men. But but in doing so, it's like there, there's one instance recently. That that we we know Shireen Ab Abu Akla, I think it's how you say it. I've only ever read it and heard other people say it, and so i i I actually am just noticing, I'm realizing just now that I've never attempted to say her name until now. So now I'm second guessing myself. But the, but this um Palestinian Christian, by the way, a Palestinian Christian journalist, um, was intentionally targeted. By Israeli soldiers. And and all the evidence proves it. All the evidence like it's so it's so obviously true that that even the US has kinda has even the US had to stand up to Israel a little bit on this one. Um but of course nothing's gonna happen. Nothing ever happens. And 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 of course, instead of the UN UN women specifically pointing out this one uh, journalists intentionally killed. Like this is for other things. Also, there's weasel words going on. Journalists killed. I mean, does that mean like intentional killing, accidental killing, like they're in the wrong place at the wrong time, crossfire? Like what, what are they defining as killing? I don't know. They don't, I don't see a link. Um, but, uh, and, and are they targeting women journalists? It's so funny like targeting women journalists. Uh, obviously I mean if, if anything it's clearly saying that more men are being targeted but there is one particular woman journalist who was targeted why don't they bring her up? And I mean like have, have they updated this and, and, and brought up any specific? No? 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 No one in specific? No they've not targeted or brought up any specific women who were targeted as journalists and we know who it was. Like anyone who's been following this knows who it was, so why don't they? Why don't they use their platform to promote this one killing? And 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 of course, asking the question answers it. Everyone is terrified, is scared to death of standing up to the Israeli government, which is why you know, um, <laughs> uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who who won, um, who won back, he's he's back in charge, um, so that's great. Um, but he's going to, you know, he's taken back over and, um, he was funny, like someone he had said in some interview that he was not going to bow to, to, uh, American interests. And I, I tweeted, no, of course not. That's our job. Bowing, bowing is our job. That's what we do. We we bow to their interests. Everyone bows to their interests, and and anyone who doesn't bow to them anyone who dares to bring up the abuses going on of the Palestinians in that country, um, is called anti-Semitic. Um, which be, and you know, of course, you know, it's racism because racism equals power plus privilege plus bigotry or whatever, whatever their, um, you know, made up equation is. Um, but of course. In Israel, who has the power and privilege in that nation? Who has the power and privilege in that nation? But same anti-Semitism to call it out, because if you call out Zionism in any way, um, it's that's anti-Semitism. Because why else would you do it except that you want to throw them into gas chambers? I guess like that it doesn't that's that's kind, the kind of logic that's brought to bear on this is it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It is entirely senseless, um, and, and 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 it's so telling that even the UN, you know, the United Nations, and this is supposed to be a supranational globalist. As but even they bow. Um. And then um, I I tweeted this this article. What must be done? A short article. No no engagement. Which is. I it makes sense. I know that I don't get it. You don't get engagement when you post articles, but it's kind of like um I don't know, I just I like sharing the articles that I find interesting uh whenever I can. And this one in particular I thought was was interesting because this was um talking about oh of course. Of course I'm not it's not filling the my 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 videos not on. I'll go to this should do it. Yep, there we go. <clears throat> So of course we recently. I'll zoom in a little bit. Um, recently, Bloomberg uh, informed us uh, that um, <laughs> a a national security agency um, it policed itself and found out that sure enough, an experienced analyst was running an unauthorized targeting and collection of private communications of people or organizations in the U.S. Um, it They acted with reckless disregard for numerous rules and possibly the law. This happened 10 years ago. The Inspector General's report was issued six years ago, but the public is now learning about it, courtesy of Bloomberg. But of course, we knew about it 10 years ago as well because Ed Snowden, so basically the Inspector General, uh, which is an internal investigation an investigator, um, confirmed what Edward Snowden revealed. Um, and of course, would they have even investigated it had Ed Snowden not revealed it? Of course not. They, they would not have investigated it. But basically, we just we've confirmed that what Ed Snowden is going to live his life in exile over um, was true. And it was illegal and he heroically blew the whistle and took the, the, um, effects of it. And, and but, but of course, is he going to come back home? Is he going to be welcomed back as an American hero? Is he going to be, um, you know, pardoned and return? Of course not. Of course not. Um, because the only crime is telling the truth about the government. um, but but it's part of this he talks of he talks about like you know this this is from Thomas Knapp I don't know anything about him but I and you know it's, he's published this at antiwar.com or actually I think he published it elsewhere but antiwar.com reposted it actually I don't know that that might not be true either um but anyway this is where I read it, it was at antiwar.com um but he talks about um um he says new government offices officials seldom solve anything; usually make things worse. But something obviously needs to be done about the intelligence community's lawlessness. How about a single replacement for multiple agency inspectors general? So um, basically, he's is he's saying like intern like the the internal policing is just not working. They if something needs to be done, and and he said there needs to be some external office that whose job is. Um, you know, to, to hold them accountable says, let's call this proposal, the intelligence ombudsman's office. It would be, it would presumably need to be created by Congress. They should get to work on that ASAP. The IOO would replace all in U S intelligence agencies, inspectors general, and other internal enforcement mechanisms. It would consist of a small board with previous intelligence community affiliations and absolutely disqualification for appointment and a staff of a reasonable size for the job. The IOO would have complete authority to visit any intelligence community site, view any intelligence community generated document, no matter its level of classification, interview any intelligence community employees under oath and present allegations of intelligence community crimes to grand juries. It would also run, hopefully very secure from intelligence community eavesdropping, tip lines via phone, internet, snail mail, and in person. And it would be a felony to punish or retaliate against any intelligence community employee for using them. Um, the IOO wouldn't solve the overall problem of America's national security apparatus running amok. Supporters of freedom have been fighting a rearguard action against that apparatus's encroachments. ever. Since at least as far back as the 1940s, the only real solution is to disband the NSA, CIA, NRO at all and salt the earth where their headquarters once stood. I like that sentence. Um, but if we can't get rid of these rogue agencies, we should at least give an external board real power to police them. I thought this was an interesting, um, proposition. Um, you know, this, this maybe it's a little bit of a wonkish article. It's the first time I've ever used that non-ironically. Um, but, but I, I I don't know. I thought that was an interesting idea. It's kind of like the, the idea of audit the fed, like ultimately we want to end the fed, but an audit would be a good start. Um, and I think getting rid of these intelligence agencies would be the best move. Um, he didn't list FBI, but that'd be great as well. But if, if that can't happen, then at least let's put some actual teeth behind holding their foot to the fire as far as following the law. Um, and I thought that was an interesting, this was an interesting proposal. Um, you can go check it out at antiwar.com, November third, 2022. Um, I believe it's in the blog section. Um, yeah, blog. Blog, uh, but yeah. Um next, the libertarian Mark Victor dropped out of the Arizona Senate race and endorsed the GOP nominee Blake Masters. I and 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 of course this follows on the heels of Um, Dave Smith, um, uh, unofficial head of the Mises caucus, uh, endorsing masters. And of course, Ron Paul himself had masters on his show and okay. Is he perfect? It doesn't seem like it, but he's a lot. I mean, he reads Hoppe. He reads, Rothbard he reads Ron Paul like he he wasn't being introduced to Ron Paul when he went on his show he he knew about him and read his books all that to say what what whatever masters or whatever i think this is this is one of the things like i've i've been very open about the fact that i'm i have backed the mises play in the lp um but if what that results in is us spoiling races against good republicans um Then, then, then we aren't, then we are doing harm. Like the the truth is the truth of the matter is good libertarians are not, are, are, okay. Let's just put it like this. If only the Republicans and Democrats are the options, then good libertarians very clearly belong more in the Republican party than the democratic party. Like we are not in a situation anymore where um, R and D are exactly the same thing. It's just it's just not true. It's just absolutely not true. The Democratic Party have have gone wildly um, in the culturally progressive direction. They have backed to the hilt um, the abortion agenda and. Um, and and have completely lost anything good, i.e. they've completely turned on, um, uh, they've completely turned on the, uh, on the anti-war crowd. I'll um, we'll be coming back to that in a second. Um, and yeah, and Blake, Blake, yeah, that's actually what I was referencing earlier. Uh, was Blake Masters was on the Ron Paul Liberty Report and I thought he did a really great job. Um, uh, But, okay, so so good libertarians, and, and just generally good people, people with sound reason, belong in the Republican Party. So where there are swamp creatures running for Republican Party, yes, let's spoil those races. I'm actually okay with libertarians spoiling those races. I'm okay with libertarians insofar as they are not yet in a position where they can be an actual force of victory. Instead to just spoil bad Republicans days to just ruin bad Republican races, to be the difference maker. I want the the Libertarian party popping up and holding the Republicans feet to the fire and saying, we will run against you if you don't stand by your convictions. Like, I think that's the best thing the Libertarian party can do because of course, then Justin Amash who, on his best days, I like him. On his worst days, I think he's um, just hopelessly blue-pilled. And that's really what he is. Um, he said, no, the Libertarian Party, should; their goal should be is to win races. In which case, good luck. It's just not happening. Maybe someday. Maybe maybe someday. Keep, keep recruiting. Keep putting out the message. Um, but in the meantime, the Libertarian Party's job should be pursuing liberty. I don't care like if we're winning elections, I care that we are accomplishing Liberty. Like the way forward is what matters. Like the, the fact that we're actually uh, pursuing Liberty. And so I think, yeah, where there are good Republicans running, endorse the Republican. Don't run a candidate against him. You know, like there's that Mises affiliated guy in Florida running for governor. Like, Come on, bro. Like, yes, we know, we know Desantis isn't perfect, but he's the best that we've got right now. Like, like who is perfect? You know, even the South Dakota governor, who I'm a pretty big fan of. Like, even she is terrible on marijuana, and 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 Kim Reynolds here in Iowa. I mean, she, yeah, sure, sure. I wish she was better on marijuana. I bet she, I wish she was better on criminal justice matters in general. Um, but come on to think that the best way forward is to spoil the race for the Democrat. It's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. Like Iowa is standing out as one of the better States on a lot of issues on school choice, on Corona, on all that stuff. Because largely because of Kim Reynolds, and I'm not, and so I'm sorry. Like LP, LP of Iowa, I I've, I'm a card carrying member. I, uh, I, you know, I'm, but I'm not voting for your candidate. I'm just not doing it. For for one thing, okay, can I say something? For one thing, when your only selling point is ballot access. Like, come on, dude. Like, come on, dude. Like, the point, the only selling point they're having is we should be able to be on the ballot. We should have major party status. And that's the only thing it seems to be running on. Like, what are you doing? Like, like it's there's, there's the most generic campaign running. Like, if you're going run, to run something radical. That, Ann. One of the important people running his campaign, he and I uh, are scheduled to have words at the next um, convention. Uh, I'm not a vindictive man, but I'm. We're gonna. Ha- I'm not I'm not threatening violence of any kind, but we're gonna have words. He and I next. I thought this was... Okay, Dave, David French, uh, hopelessly blue-pilled, hopelessly worthless frog, um, said, A proposed test for diagnosing when your politics is threatening to become your religion. If you learn that someone shares your faith but not your politics and you immediately trust distrust their faith, then your politics might be displacing your religion. First of all, the Dank Knight uh, heroically just brought receipts like crazy the this you, this you, this you, <laughs> it's astounding that you don't know in a single mirror. And he just kept going this, you, this, you, this, you, this, you like almost he, he like single handedly, uh, uh, he like single handedly, uh, you call it, um, uh, he almost single-handedly ratioed him. Um, it was just wonderful, glorious, but I, but I proposed (laughs) a test case. All right. Yeah. Here's a, that's a good idea. Let's do a test case. Let's say a person who agrees with your theology thinks a certain, and I'm, I'm saying it because I don't know that I can get away with saying the actual name, a certain German dictator of the last century had some good ideas and entertains the JQ. If you know, you know. And so, <laughs> of course, I'm just waiting for someone. I was just waiting for someone. I, I posted it as a QT, and I also tweet uh, responded with that. And basically, I was waiting for someone to say like, "Well, I don't think someone with my own the with my theology would say something like that." And I said, "Oh, re-, and I would have responded, "Oh, really?" Because of course, my point is, it's a stupid phrase. It's a stupid way of thinking. Of course, like like the, it, it's too broad brush. It's too broad brush. Like so, so someone shares your faith but not your politics. You immediately distrust their faith. Okay, so th- well, what is the politics? Like what is the politics? Like this. Now, of course, he's his his whole point is that someone doesn't support the Trump agenda. Or, or Christian nationalism and therefore you doubt their faith but really I'm my problem is that he doesn't seem to have anything negative to say about these pro-abortion leftists like he, he's he's fawning over these these um, centrist Republicans and, and like and, and, and but but at a certain point like if you can if you find it more abhorrent To say that maybe a certain election was not on the up and up. If you think that's more abhorrent than saying, uh, abortion is a human right. Like, I'm, I I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're right. I am going to doubt your faith in the same way that you should doubt the faith of the person saying these things about the certain German dictator and the JQ, you should doubt their faith. Absolutely. Like, like that's like, my example is saying yes you should absolutely doubt their faith if, if they're saying things like this like if they're saying things like this then 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 um and of course okay say so jQ of course I'm, I'm, I mean J, jQ of course, I think is a it's a broad enough category that there's probably some within there that it might be okay but like but but especially the the more extreme elements of the jQ people like yeah you should doubt their faith at that point. If if they're if they're if they're okay with a, a a genocidal dictator, yeah, you should you should probably be like, okay, so how sincere is this faith that you're not you're not? Yeah, it's it's just it's a stupid thing. It's a stupid phrase, and and we all know who they're aiming it at. You're never aiming it at um, you're never aiming it at the people that they wouldn't agree with. And of course, David French is on the record constantly as doubting the faith of the people who support Trump. He's on the He's on the record and that's really what, what Cape, uh, what the dank Knight was, was, uh, was pulling out again and again and again, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who even is David French? Uh, David asks, Um, I only know him as a guy who has a lot of bad takes on Twitter. Yeah. That's pretty much all he is. Um, I hear he writes an article like he, he writes, he writes articles. Um, but that's really just a, just a rumor. Um, (laughs) he's a contributing editor at the Atlantic. Oh, so, so that means he belongs to the, uh, uh, world economic forum. Next, um, voters in both parties always say this is, I don't know who this guy is. They're tired of partisan politics and want leaders who will put principle for party. Um, first of all, no. First of all, no, I, I don't say that. I am not for bipartisanism. I am for as much disagreement between the parties as possible. Thank you very much. Um, fight each other so that you don't fight me. Um, voters in both parties always say they're tired of the blah, blah, blah. Uh, 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 who will put, and want leaders who will put principles before party and leave party labels at the door to address the country's challenges. Liz Cheney is walking the walk. <laughs> and of course that's because Liz Cheney backs Democrat over GOP's Vance. And I just, I just simply retweeted the resuscitation of the Cheney name is one of the most brazen acts of elitism. Like they really just watch. They really just won't expect you to forget that there's a a movie out there with Christian Bale playing uh, Dick Cheney, <laughs> uh, portraying him as a tin pot dictator, leading the American, uh, the American nation uh you know the the evil man behind the throne like there's there's everybody wants you to forget that like we're just all supposed to like pretend that the bush era never happened that's what's so amazing about the trump era it's it's like everybody's like resuscitating the the cheney and clinton and and bush names um and we're all just supposed to we're all just supposed to pretend that he Didn't do all these terrible things that both right and left called him out for like now, now that he's no longer in power, we're all just, you know, Hey, I mean, what, what do you hate about this guy? I mean, all Bush ever did was paint pictures and dodge shoes. (sighs) Oh man. Uh, next, uh, just a reminder that it is November. That means, um, you make sure you are following, uh, Canon press on everything because it is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, no quarter November. Uh, I grabbed a few free eBooks already and I will grab even more. So, um, uh, yeah, it's so funny. Like I correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys, if, if you saw the, 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 this year's. Preview. It seems like that fire got away from them. And that uh, I, I feel like I'm watching that, that the video and Dougie is hopping out of that chair pretty quick. It seems, it seems like it seems to me that maybe there was more script, but he was just like, yep, I'm out of here. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but next um, Tim Stevens on November one says I was found not guilty today on two health count charges that were tried last month. In total, five health tickets withdrawn, one criminal charge withdrawn, one contempt charge withdrawn, and now acquitted on these two counts. But I still spent 21 days in jail and faith-based takes, asks the question that everyone is asking Canada TGC, any thoughts? And we're still waiting. I thought the gospel called us to repent This, this is this is what i'm sorry like this is this is ultimately the problem that i have with TGC um when they get things wrong i have you can can someone tell me a place where any member of the gospel coalition canada or america has said i was wrong and i'm sorry like it can, if, if you can bring me just one example one example would, would refresh would, would would be refreshing to me if if someone could just bring me an example, like if they're supposed to be leading us in, 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 in teaching us and being there, they are evangelical betters explaining to us how to be gospel centered. Well, isn't gospel centeredness, um, involved according to Philippians to humility and, and humility Im- means being able to say when you're wrong, own it. And I just, I've never seen them do that. And yet I'm the arrogant one when I call them out. Like that's, that's what shocks me is like, I'm i am the arrogant one when I'm calling out and I'm just calling for them to be gospel centered, which is to say, repentant, humble. And, and, and they'll, they'll throw these words at us all the time and say that you're being arrogant. You're being, because, you, because we're being bold. But they're the ones who, whenever they do something wrong or whenever they support the wrong people, I still don't know that they've repented for the fact that they, they put forward um, Bruxy Cavey. Has anyone over there repented of their support of, of, of Bruxy Cavey and putting him before the Reformedish community in Canada and saying, like, you know, this is a fellow brother, maybe we disagree on some small issues? Like, has anyone repented of that? As anyone said, you know, that wasn't on I'll even take a, you know, maybe that wasn't a wise decision on our part. Like, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a, I'm not asking for dust and ashes. I'm just saying, yeah, 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 yeah. We got that one wrong. That's, and of course we're not doing this because I'm going to wait until Jeff gets back. We're going to do, um, when Jeff gets back, we're doing a, we're going to do a no amnesty preamble. Like we're going hard at the issue of, of, uh, the, 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 the um, COVID amnesty baloney, but But we're not asking for dust and ashes. Like, they're calling for an amnesty, but they're not admitting any wrong. We are calling for actual repentance. Repentance does not mean dust and ashes. We're not asking you to rend your garments. We're just saying, can someone say we did it wrong? Can someone say we made a mistake? Can just someone say that? Can anyone say that? Like, I just... I don't think I'm asking for much. I don't think I'm asking for much. Like, no one is admitting that the masks were a bad idea. Like, no one is admitting that they never did anything. Like, no one is admitting that locking down was a bad idea. No one is admitting it. Like, we're just, they're just saying, can we just move on? No, we're not gonna move on. (sighs) Because you're telling us you are the gospel-centered people. You are the ones telling us that you're going to tell us how to be gospel-centered. So you be gospel-centered. That means repentance. That means humility. Where is it? This is why I need Jeff, guys. Jeff keeps <laughs> Jeff keeps me calm. You, you all think the the, the freakouts are are big with with with, uh, with Jeff. It's when he's gone, he's not calming me down. But I'm just I'm so frustrated about this. Like it's just nothing bothers me more than the hypocrisy of people saying you're arrogant when they are the ones doing it. They are the ones refusing. They're the ones refusing to to humble themselves to admit when they're wrong. And I'll just take small. I will take small repentance. Like, that's the thing is I'm not I'm not even saying like okay, yes, we were all confused a bit there. Some of you guys got scared. Can we just admit it? Like like I'm I'm like I know what you guys are saying. We will move on when they step down. I'm not even saying that. Like I'm I'm not even saying that. I just want to see someone admit that they were wrong. Like we do it. That's the funny thing is when they call us arrogant. Like we do it. When we get things wrong, we will come. Like when we get things wrong on this show, I will come on on the next show and say it. In fact, I've I I part of the reason why I I, I so I, I listen to every episode we record. Um, I listen to it when I edit it. I listen to it when I uh, put it out there. I, uh, when I, when I put it out there in video, um, when I put it out there on audio and I'll listen to it again and again, because I am listening for things that I'm like, Ooh, I shouldn't have said it that way. And, and even when I'm like phrasing things that I wish I hadn't phrased it that way, I like note it. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta bring that up when we come back. And I want to make sure that I like, like I'm, I'm okay admitting when I, when I do things wrong. Like I'm I'm and 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 I'm open to it. When people come to me with my with saying that that you're wrong, like I'm the one saying, I'm okay, I'm going to take it in. I don't always am, I don't always like I don't always agree with them, but I'm not but but that's not what humility is. Humility isn't saying I am wrong all the time. Humility is being open to the fact that I might be wrong. I might also not be wrong. But but it just seems like like it, I just—it's anyone. If anyone, anyone, we just even just say I, maybe we just weren't as wise at this as we should have been. Maybe we shouldn't have have endorsed uh, the NIH's perspective heart, like whole hog. Like if just just a little bit. I'm not even asking for a lot. Just a little bit. <sighs> But, but of course there's still, there's still a a Twitter account waiting for TGC, uh, to apologize for what they did to Kyle Rittenhouse. What they said about Kyle Rittenhouse that they never, they'll, they never admit when they're wrong. Never. They'll call us arrogant all day, but never admit when they're wrong. Yeah. It's 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 frustrating. It's infuriating. And um moving on to a different adults in the room. Uh now we're looking at antiwar.com. Uh it turns out, um <laughs> turns out, uh Okay, so so here's here's the funny thing that like uh, we get we have to admit we have to to remind everyone again and again that the Kremlin has wanted to negotiate since the beginning like there's there's funny like putin has been open with on talk to talks um on ukraine from the beginning and i just pulled up an article about this because i don't even know if this was the article that i was talking about I just it really was just a, a way to remind myself of this issue is that that um of course they sat down um putin and Zelensky sat down and they came to an agreement they came to an agreement um, and I just, I have to remind everyone of this ever, constantly because we are so short sight, short sighted that we forget this. Um, they came to an agreement that both sides agreed that both sides were, were happy with. Um, and then Boris Johnson heroically rescued, uh, war out of the, out of the, uh, grips of peace. And <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 because of Boris Johnson, there is still a war going on in Ukraine and Russia and Ukrainians and Russians are still dying uh, more Ukrainians and Russians. But of course, um, no Ukrainians would be dying if they had just let these two nations come to a peace, uh, agreement And, uh, there still is no agreement. There's no peace agreement now, um, because of Boris Johnson and there are Ukrainians dying and, uh, and now we are, I'm, I'm supposed to, this is, these are the adults in the room. I'm so glad that we don't have Trump in office anymore. I'm so glad that the adults are in the room now, um, in order to make sure that more Ukrainians will die. And, uh and then virtue signal about it by putting a Ukrainian flag in their Twitter profile head and um because of course as as um as they've been very clear about it, they've been like clear about it from the front but but no one's like no it's like it's like everyone is is just like you know they've got blinders on they don't even see it they they're very clear that what they want is they want to weaken Russia the whole point of this is not to help Ukraine it's to weaken Russia that's that's it that's the whole thing um instead of seeking to which, which, you know, okay, so Putin's an autocratic dictator. Okay, whatever. Like, that's that's true. There's autocratic dictators all around the world. We're okay with the ones in Saudi Arabia. But, um, well, I, well, we're becoming less and less okay with them. But that's just because they won't give us their oil anymore. So they're going to need some democracy soon. Um, but, uh, but like, well, you know, we there's lots of autocratic di- dictators that we're not trying to take down. Well, no one's trying to take down Erdogan in turkey like um um bb netanyahu is about to take power um no one's trying to take him down like what what's wrong with this one what's wrong with this one is that he actually has the possibility of rivaling american power is that he has influence in the middle east and that's our job i like guess that's, that's that's really the problem and so <laughs> um no I, that, that should hopefully be the only freak out of the night um But yeah, that's, that's, I think, I think the big thing is that is is just a reminder that this is what the adults in the room want is they want bloodshed. Um, And and this is why I think war is the most important thing to keep an eye on. If you want to know the reality of the state, if you want to know a reality of, um, if you want to know the reality of who our betters and rulers are really like, keep an eye on what they do with foreign policy See, not just the, don't just read the headlines. Don't just read the headlines look behind the headlines to the background. Keep your eye on the ball. I like to always like to say this, keep your eye on the ball. This is what I love about antiwar.com here. I'm, I'm going to click off the article antiwar.com. If you've ever, if you've never been to antiwar.com on, um, this is just an, okay, here we go, go to the home page. I'm going to zoom oh, zoom out, not in. Um, and this is, this is what the page looks like. They, they, this is the articles that they write. They write a few articles. And really what I love about them is they're, they're always really short articles. In fact, this is an article I'm going to look at. That's from, it's, it's a short article and it's really just bringing together other articles. Like they just search the news. And pull together, and they will give the background. and And it's funny; um, they they've even they're even making it even more simple. Uh, Dave Decamp is doing a daily video on weekdays where he just reads through the news <laughs> headlines at the top of the page, and he's just reading through and and giving a talk. And it's, it's funny because he's always um, apologizing because he feels like he's repeating things. But no, that's that's really what they do that's so well is that they keep their eye on the ball and make sure that you do as well. And then throughout the rest of the page, they've got viewpoints that are always really good like uh, other people's from articles like like an earlier article I read the one that I read on on the US intelligence that uh, intelligence agency that's from their either from their blog or from their viewpoints which are other writers who are not on staff and then you've got this whole section and this is part of what I love about this is if you see a random article coming from a random news agency that I I post is because I saw it on antiwar.com and they keep their eye on the ball like you you are not surprised by anything because they collect everything here, everything significant to foreign policy. And they have them nicely organized under different cat under the, the categories of different nations. And if you just keep an eye on them on that, you will not be surprised. Like there's, there's something going on in Lebanon right now. Um, that's going to be big deal soon. And, um, something about these banks, these banks going broken. That's you can tell because they keep posting it. They like, they're keeping an eye on it. Soon it's going to break into the, to the, to the mainstream news i just know it and but but if you've been keeping an eye on antiwar.com you're not going to be surprised when they try and put together put up some uh agenda and some some narrative to go with it that's that really makes the u.s the good but good guys or in this case they're going to make uh federal reserve type banking uh central banking look like the good guys you'll know better because you've been keeping an eye on the ball like um and, and yeah, Scott Horton, who is the, the, the kind of the main guy behind it now, he um he's on Kennedy uh, a lot nowadays, which is getting him a lot of airtime. And that's really great. Um, But, but really like antiwar.com, I go there every day. Um, and I'm just keeping an eye on it like this is this is on my home computer on my desktop computer But if you're looking at my laptop, like all of them would be uh, like, okay So when you when you I'm just gonna click on this come back all of them are, are blue because I have I click everything I'll click everything on the home page before I'm before I move off of it because I just keeping an eye on the ball as far as um, Warfare goes keeping an eye on the ball as far as warfare goes will help you to see you're, you're never gonna be t- taken for a ride about the agenda and also it is going to expose to you the nature of our betters of our ruling class better than anything else you're going to see exactly how corrupt evil and incompetent they are all three of them All three, you're going to see all three that they're doing things that they think are going to work and it won't work. They're doing things that they know that won't work, but they're going to do it anyway because they're corrupt and evil. And this is just, it's, 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 you're going to see it all a lot clearer by keeping an eye on this. Um, I, I know economics is another great place where you see it, but it's, it's, I know that is so bogged down in like, um, you know, numbers and, 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 and terminology. And there's, there's a lot of of background study that needs to be done before you can start getting that, but, but really war is just out there in the open. And this is how, how the evils of the state, just keep an eye on war and you will be disabused of the fact that they are just the, you know, wise people doing their best Um, you'll be disabused of that really quickly. And then, oh, something really cool happened, um, uh, toward the end of October, um, 30 progressive house Democrats. Um, they wrote an article or a a letter to Biden calling it, uh, him to negotiate with Russia. And it was, it's great. You know, it's such a great, um, it's so great to know that this is, this is what, what they're doing because, you know, I just said that the Democrats, I mean, the, the only good thing about them ever was that, that they were the home of the anti-war movement for, for a while. And it's like, it's so great to find out that, um, that they are, uh, reasserting themselves on the subject of a foreign policy and that they are putting up these, the, they're putting up this article, they're putting out this, this letter and they're, they're calling Biden to, to do the right thing to negotiate with Russia. And I'm, I'm so glad to see this, um, next article. House Progressives retract letter to Biden calling for talks with Russia. Where <laughs> where Oh, and you'll notice like the the dates of the the stamp, the timestamps on this. Here it is, here it is. Uh October 24. 30 House Progressives urged Biden to negotiate with 25th. House Progressives retract letter. <laughs> They threw their and they threw their staffers under the bus about it in the most brazen attempt uh, to deflect. <laughs> that just it's it, you know it's this is one of those things you gotta laugh or you'll get furious. Like it's it's just <laughs> it was, this was the funniest. This has to be the funniest thing I've ever I've I've ever seen that the how quickly they took back. By the way, uh, the letter milk toast as. Can be <laughs> the most the most loose, weak <laughs> calls for peace that you could ever uh, ask for. <laughs> like, they were just like, okay, yes, yeah, obviously we still need to back to Ukraine and we still need to give them all the the resources of the need. And we're, we're always obviously we're we're pro Ukraine. We gotta keep reading, but you know what? we should at least have a conversation with them. Oh no, just kidding. We shouldn't have a conversation with him at all. Screw him. I hope he dies. Like. <laughs> This is this. This is just. Uh, <laughs> this is the most clown worldy thing I've ever seen, and I, I, I just, I, I love the humor of it. Uh, obviously, it's sad that, you know, we're flirting with nuclear war, and it could well be that the American continent is blown off the map. Uh, but at least we'll take Russia with us. Um, but you know, it's it's just. Uh, I signed this letter on June 30, but a lot has changed since then. I wouldn't sign it today. A lot has changed since then. Yes. Like since then, Ukraine has uh, bombed a civilian structure. Yeah. That's, that's what's happened, changed since then. And of course, yeah, Patrick says, the real question is if the red wave happens, will the R's do anything different? I don't know. Uh, we have no idea. And of course I'm not like, I'm I'm i i don't know that's a prediction i'm just kind of saying that i i think it, it what everyone else is predicting makes sense that there probably will be um that the republicans probably will take the house and or they probably will take the con the house and maybe the senate um and may- maybe pick up i don't know maybe pick up some victories in in governors races um i mean i'm not advocating it i mean i th- i think it'll be pers- i think it'll be better uh i'm not like you know jumping through hoops and doing cartwheels over it. But you know, um, <clears throat> will it be different? I don't know. It, it could be, I mean, like, uh, could folks like Blake masters and Rand Paul find themselves uh, obstructing the Republican agenda. If they try and push for this, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, I mean the, the, again, historically the best case for ec- economics at best case economically has always been um, Democrat in the Ho- in the White House, uh, Republicans in Congress. So I mean, and this is a big money, a big money suck. The Ukraine war has. I don't know, cause something different now. But I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm not willing to make a prediction on this one. I just who knows. Um, who ends up who ends up at the head of these um, committees? Like that's a huge difference. That's that's a huge question. Who ends up in the head of these committees? Um, uh, like they they get to set the agenda and and how much courage and uh, are these Republicans going to have? Who are the better Republicans? Um, how much are they going to have courage? Are they going to have to to stand up to the agenda? Um, are the Republicans just going to pivot over to China, which isn't better? I don't, I don't know. I'm not really predicting. Um, uh, I'm not really making a prediction. I'm not really making any advocation. I'm, if the Republicans hop out and they start doing the pro war thing, I'm going to call them out just as much. Um, that's the beautiful thing about actually standing on principle. Unlike that, um, you know, unlike the, the Cheney's, I actually stand on principles instead of, uh, of course their principle is war. <clears throat> This one is beautiful. US says Iran is not trying to build a nuclear weapon. And this is Dave DeCamp uh in, on on the podcast of the of on the no- November 2nd news uh video where he read he does comment on how like this was like buried in the National Defense Strategy's nuclear posture review. Like it it wasn't like a headline, it was kind of in the review. Um Iran is taking actions that would improve its ability it reads: Iran is taking actions that would improve its ability to produce nuclear weapons, should it make the decision to do so. And, it, uh, <laughs> um, but so 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 basically, in, in this article, they 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 say they they essentially admit. Well, okay, sorry, I missed the the main point. Iran does not possess today possess a nuclear weapon, and we currently believe it is not pursuing one. Then you could ask the question then what's the dang point? Like, what's the point? What's the point? Why? What is the point? Like, What's the point? What's the point? What is the point? What is the point? What is the point point of all the posturing against Iran? If they are not pursuing a nuclear weapon, why not get back in the JCPOA? Why Why not get back into that? I mean that was Obama's baby, Biden. Shouldn't you want to get back into that? Like, like if if they're not pursuing one anyway, why not get into the? Why not seal the deal by putting a stamp on it? Like, like what is even the point? Yeah, and of course, yeah. Benji Benji Netanyahu starts to shake like uh like Doctor Moore on this article. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Um, you know because Israel's biggest fear is that we will in any way make peace with Iran <sighs> yeah it's just again these are the adults in the room these are the adults in the room they admit that they don't possess a nuclear weapon and that they're not pursuing one although they are making moves that to, to put themselves in a situation where they could if they wanted to um, but they're not pursuing one in fact they have said in so many words that they don't want one <clears throat> They just don't want to get Gaddafied. Like that's that's really they just don't want to get Gaddafied. Um, and by the way, look up everything that Hillary Clinton did to Libya, and um, also look at how Libya is today. It is all Hillary Clinton's fault and Joe Biden's and uh, Obama's. Um, you're welcome, Libya. Enjoy your chaotic, uh, your chaotic slave state. Um, this one I don't know that I have like it. Just Lou Rockwell is talking about how like BlackRock, um, Missouri Treasurer removes state pension funds from BlackRock. I'm just um, this is something that I don't I don't know a ton about about Black. I just know that they are among those uh, uh, they're among the WEF lings in in America, and I just I I don't know. I just. I don't have a lot to say. I guess I don't have a lot to say on this one. Just more like um, I just remember once when I when I was in my seminary class that they're talking about um, financial planning. It's for one of my seminary, uh, one of my pastoral ministry seminars, and they had um, they had this representative of a giant hedge fund come in and talk about uh, how we needed to invest with them. And I, I forget which hedge fund it is, but I know it was one of those WEF affiliated ones. And it just always, it just made me laugh because of course my, my um, professor um, was a staunch Democrat, uh, l- liberal pro union pro. <laughs> pro little guy and pro marginalized kind of thing. And yet here he had this, this representative of a giant hedge fund coming in who <laughs> represents this massive billionaire, uh, hegemony thing. And, and it's just, I don't know. Just, I always find that funny. Uh, I always, I always find that funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say on that. Um, and then of course, like this was happening to, this was, this happened a long time ago, but there's some activists starting to confront AOC about her support of the Ukraine war. And, and the same thing was happening to, um, uh, that other member of the, that little progressive clique. Um, but of course, you know, the, it's funny because this was happening before that article, that letter came out. And of course the, just, it is just, you know, more of that. Like, I think, I think the, the, these guys were of course, right. These, there's, there's a few good progressives left out there who are still like staunchly and consistently anti-war and, you know, good for them. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. And then there's two articles that I don't really have anything to say about except for, um, uh, just as a reminder that what's going on with the Twitter world with, with Musk and they're he's firing a bunch of people. And, and of course I'm supposed to get all up, a, up, a, up in a tizzy about that because, uh, <laughs> because these poor, um, adult children, uh, who, uh, like, man, just the, the, the cushy lifestyle they've been living at the Twitter offices are now finding out that they actually have to work for a living. Um, I just am I supposed to get I'm supposed to get worked up about that uh, that the people who wanted to kick me off because I don't because I believe in such audaciously radical positions as um, such as what everyone believed 10 years ago um, is just I'm, I'm not going to get worked up about it. I don't care um, I'm okay with them uh, you know what they should do they should all uh, learn to work with their hands and do something good um, productive for a change and um, yeah, Biden says Republican midterm victory would be an assault on democracy. I just always think that's hilarious that, like, you know, uh, the worst thing that could happen for democracy is people actually using it to vote for the other party. Um, and then I just, okay, I, I made a comment about uh, on Twitter, and this is um, to, yeah, learn to mine. Um, this is something that, like, just an occasion to do a little bit of Bible studying, which I'm actually going to do a little bit more of it when I get to the to the full episode uh, in short, which I'm going to do shortly. I'm not going to do a lot of cutting. Um, but, but I was like, I, I tweeted like, is it weird that I'm starting to see a chiasm in the 10 commandments? And it's because I, uh, uh that's part of my daily, um, devotional, um, devotionals is that I'll, i i actually use the Baptist catechism as my devotions and also kind of cycle through different sections of the catechism and use that as a prompt for prayer. And, um, which means that, and also like, and so like for, for my confession portion, I will go through different, uh, questions in 10 commandments. And then suddenly I started realizing like there might be a chiasm here and here's I actually have it right here. I actually am going to do some Bible studying here on the anarchist Bible study. And I don't know why I put the Hebrew on the side. I think maybe just to make myself feel better that I'm, I still know how to read Hebrew, but really um, I just, <laughs> it's the English part that I'm going to be looking at. Um, it said, okay, so when God spoke all these words saying, I'm the Lord, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt or the house of slavery. This is the prologue to it. And then it says, you shall have no other gods before me. And then this is the one you shall not um have any graven images. Second commandment, don't you know, don't make any carved images or likenesses of you know, or bow down to them or serve them, for the Lord your God and God. And of course that includes, according to Deuteronomy uh four, four, yeah, I think um that includes images of God himself, uh, because he says don't don't forget you saw no image and then it says you didn't you do not take the name of the lord your god in vain which is not just saying you know god's name flippantly but it's um also but very specifically the the problem of swearing by his name and not meaning it and then remember the sabbath day Honor your father and mother do not murder do not commit adultery do not steal do not bear false witness against your neighbor you shall not covet now this is where i started to see now it's not a perfect chiasm it's not a perfect chiasm um And yet, it's like, I feel like there's something there. Um, Because here's what I see. Okay, so, basically, you've got the first two commandments. Uh, The first commandment kind of stands on its own. You shall have no other gods before me. And, of course, before um, is is, um, alpene, before my face. Doesn't mean don't put any gods before me. It's saying, like, in the sense of... I'm number two. They're number one. Like I, as long as I'm number one, everything else can be number two, three, four, five, six. You can have other gods down here. No, he's saying don't have any gods in my face, but in my presence, Koram Deo, in the presence of God, have no other gods. So that kind of stands alone, as 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 this, and yet it, it kind of definitely pairs with the 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 issue of bowing down to idols to um, things that are idols. But then you, you, but then I remember, then it goes on to coveting, do not covet. And then just my mind, um, drifted off while I was thinking about the coveting, um, commandment to, of course, um, Paul's words where he says, you know, do not covet for that is idolatry. It's like, yeah, like that is, that is kind of the issue of, of coveting is that you are, it's not that like the issue of coveting isn't like, oh man, it'd be really nice if my car worked. You know, to have, a, to have a better car would be nice. It'd be nice if we had a bigger house to fit us all in. Or, you know, like, it's not like, you're not as a status symbol. It'd be like, okay, well, it was getting a little tight for all my kids living in the same bedroom. And it'd be nice if we had a bigger house. Like, that's not coveting. Like, it's, it's not coveting to look at my friends got a, a, a tablet or an, an iPad. And I'm like, oh, you can do some pretty cool stuff with that. I mean, I... I would would get a lot of use out of that. That's not coveting. Coveting is when you make it so, like you obsess over it, right? It's when you obsess over this thing It's when it makes it a coveting, which is why Paul, I think very, well, of course, very accurately, Paul, very accurately, I just realized it's not on the screen. Um, Of course, Paul, very accurately, because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, says that this is coveting. So what do you got? You've got coveting, or that, that it's idolatry. So you got coveting 10th commandment and first and second commandments have no other gods and do not worship idols. Well, then also that was all it took for me to notice. Now, hold up. You shall not bear false witness. You know, of course, this is the, the catechism tells us and rightly that this is brought more broadly speaking um, more broadly speaking. This is about promoting truth. And, and not slandering but really the most on the most literal level you shall not bear false witness that is about the law court what happens when you go into the law court well then hold up right here you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain well the most uh, the, the while that does mean more than just swearing by God's name, that is the immediate, most immediate context in which this commandment falls. It's taking the names in vain. The Lord's name in vain. So saying you don't swear by my name falsely when you make it, when you swear and you don't bear false witness. There's, there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a chiasm there as well, right? Well, then you've got, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor. Six days you shall labor. Do all your work. And some have pointed out, rightly, that this isn't just about resting on the Sabbath day, which I've talked about, though that's a big thing. It's also saying, then you also, you should work those six days. What do we see down here? You shall not steal. Well, the opposite of laboring is stealing. Am I crazy? keep going what do you see next thing honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the lord your god is giving you okay this is a great I've seen that always as a hinge between the the god focused ones and the and the neighbor focused commandments because in some ways this is talking about your neighbor that's the most obvious like your neighbor specifically the neighbor of your father and mother and yet there in honoring them there is sort of a there. there is clearly in, in the old testament and in the new testament as well a, an important role of the father and mother and pointing us to God so it's kind of a hinge point on this cat on this catechism question and then what do we see or not catechism sorry on this commandment and then you shall not commit adultery so now that we've seen a chiastic structure steal sabbath murder or then, then you go to the next one honor father and mother commit adultery this is the family unit commandments and then smack dab in the middle you shall not murder God is the God of life. Life. God is the creator God. God is the one who who calls us not to take unjust life. And that's right there in the middle. The living God, the God of life calls us not to murder. Am I crazy here? Am I crazy here? I might be crazy. Guys, I might be crazy. I'm okay if you tell me I'm crazy. But I I don't know. I feel like there's something there. Um Um, there's one more thing, but uh, I don't know that I, I'm going to take the time to do it because I'm already at time. Um, so this is the portion. Well, usually we would pause to go do a bonus episode, but I'm just going to keep it simple there. Um, this is the portion where we would usually read, um, uh, the, the newest chapter of Drosselmeyer. Um, but I'm not going to do that because Jeff's not here. We're not going to continue any series without Jeff because, um, you know, he is the my the heart and soul of this podcast and I cannot continue without him. So, so I will not do that. Instead, I'm going to give our regular listeners and viewers um, a chance to see a taste of what you get. If you support us and you get to, uh, you get to watch the, the um, exclusive pre-shows. A lot of times what I'll do on those pre-shows is I'll take up a topic that I'm not really ready to go public with yet. that I'm still kind of working out the ideas and I'll, I'll do a lot of interaction with the chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to give my thought on Canadian politics. No, 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 no. Uh, but, uh, this is funny. Patrick made that comment, but, but I'll do some come going back and forth, but really a big thing that I'll do is I will be doing, I do a lot of book reviews and I've been recording those because maybe I'll put them out. Um, or maybe I won't, um, maybe I'll just make that be, a, a reason why you want to, um, go to buymecoffee.com slash flyover and give us $1 a month is that you get to, uh, find, see what books I'm reading and hear what I think about them. Um, and so I'm going to, um, this is, um, this is a book that I've been working on for a while. By the way, I'm, I'm working through a bunch of books right now. And, and the problem is I keep getting distracted by other books. Um, and, and I, keep, and honestly like, uh, and, but not like I want to read those books. Like I'm being assigned them for like, things at church like I, I need to like i'm part of a reading group or i'm part of a committee that is reading a book together or or stuff like that and so it's, it's not that i'm i'm getting distracted by the books that i want to read by because of books that i have to read um and which doesn't mean that i don't like the books in some cases i don't like the books but uh for the most part i like the books. it just means that i'm it's, it's keeping me from is spreading my attention wide which is unco which is uh not what I like to do, but and, and that means it's slowing me down for finishing the reading that I want to do. But this is a book in particular that it took me <clears throat> a long time to read. And it took me a long time to read it, um, partly because it's longer than the other books that I've been reviewing. Um, but mostly because um, it is that perfect mix between very biblical and engaging the mind. So I had to think about a lot of stuff. And also there's a lot of practical stuff that I didn't want to zoom past before I, I didn't give it a shot practicing it. like I didn't like, there's a lot of places where I wanted to wait to be able to talk to my wife and uh, about implementing some things before I, I moved on. Um, and since then my wife and I have actually started, well, she read it before and that, or well, she, no, she listened to it on audiobook before. And now she's kind of, um, whenever we go on a trip, um, <clears throat> Which we have another one coming up for for Thanksgiving. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be traveling up to my parents' house and to her parents. They both live in the same area, and we're gonna probably on the way. She's gonna keep continue reading through it, and she'll just look at the chapters and, and be like, "Okay, this is what stood out stood out to me." And she'll notice my my underlining because there's extensive underlining, and we'll talk about those things. But but the book is, uh, "Family Driven Faith" by Vody uh, Balcom Jr. Doing what it takes to raise sons and daughters who walk with God. Um, I have previously read his much shorter book, um, called "Um Family Shepherds," which is more specifically aimed at fathers. Um, this and, and so I, I went a little bit backwards, and, and in some ways, I'm glad I did because in in many ways, this is laying out the principle and. F- um, Family Shepherds is really working out that principle and applying it at the at the head of the um, household level, and kind of saying like practically, how do you in, enact this stuff? And I'm glad I did it because honestly, um, it was a more digestible book. It was a shorter book. And it was a more digestible book, and it was good. It was good for me. I recommend it to every father, um, every husband, and father. Go get um, uh, Fa- uh, Family Shepherds by Vody Balcom uh, Woody Becker jr. And, um, and, and, but, but this book has really, so the the, 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 the father, the family shepherd book is, and also in many ways is less, you could call it, um, groundbreaking it in the sense of it doesn't shake the ground you're walking on as much it's convicting and it's good it's important but but this book will really if you really take it in and you really take it seriously has the potential to shake the way you think about the church um i'm not going to go into as much detail about the ways that it's kind of affected me. Um, I'm going to do that. Actually, if I, I'm going to start a thread on it in the, um, discord, I'll, I'll, I'll start the thread actually, as soon as I'm done recording this. And so if you want to see what that thread, uh, what I said on that thread, you can go to buy flyover slash again for $1 a month. You get part, get to be part of the discord, get to be part of the live chat. You get to see the, the, the live streamed video, the one seamless video that we first recorded before we chopped it up into little pieces. Um, but, but I'll just stick to the, the high points of this, uh, of the book. Um, the, the, the details I'm going to, I'm just going to, it's just, I don't want to get too bogged in the details. Again, there's just a lot of stuff, but, but really the, he, he zooms in on the fact that first of all, that things are not going well. He says the lay of the land things are not going well when you think when you look at the way um, retention of children and youth in the church is going it's not great um, and, and and if I had to be if I have to, if I have to be honest it's my experience as well. Like just as, as a guy who's been involved in youth ministry, like you you do see it, that there's a problem of retention. Like we're, we're pumping so much money into the youth ministry industrial complex and it, the return on investment has not been great. Like it really just hasn't, it hasn't been amazing. And so. And, and so that, that, that should, that alone should make us stop and think about it. Like even organizations like dare to share, that's a major thing that dare to share has actually been pushing as a, as recently. And I'm thinking about that because the, the dare to share um, weekend is coming up and I'm, I'm going to take some youth to it. I love that organization. I really do. Um, is it perfect? No. Uh, <laughs> there's things where I wish they were a little bit more doctrinally concrete and, um, but, but the mission of. Getting people out there sharing the gospel and doing it by, by actually giving them opportunities to share the gospel and practice that. I think it's just so great. Such a great organization for that. But, um, but they've been noticing that as well. Um, and he gets right to the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue is when God intent, what God intended for children was not a church program. What God intended for children was not a pro a children's program. God's intention for youth was not a youth ministry program. What God's God's intention for the raising up of children and youth was the family. He gets right to the heart of, of Deuteronomy six, verse four, and we rarely get beyond six, four, and five. You know where where it says, "I, Hero Israel, Shema Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, I am the Lord." your God or the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your, uh, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might or all the strength of your soul and might. Um, but it goes on and it talks about, um, uh, you know, nailing the, these words, to the doorpost talking about them when you sit, when you sit, when you lie down and when you walk on the way that this is a thing that families you are supposed to tell to your children and to your children's children that there's there's a multi-generational um, passing down and then you just you, once you see that you see it everywhere you see it all throughout the Psalms of generation to generation and it's, it's not saying like generation to generation they're not talking about starting an intergenerational ministry although that would be a decent start to stop siloing off the different age groups into different uh, sub ministries but but they're talking about Grandfathers teaching grandsons, fathers teaching sons, um, mothers teaching daughters and grandmothers teaching granddaughters like there's there's a, a passing down of knowledge not only of practical knowledge but of theological knowledge and that this was the heart of God's will. And so the question is um, we always I'll probably be getting into this in another episode that I'm dropping this week. we always feel like we're improving. Upon God's plan. Like we felt like we're improving. Like we, we feel like we're improving upon God's plan by, by saying, you know what kids inst- or parents, instead of saying part of your, part of your job in worship is teaching your kids how to sit still. We're just going to take your kids out of worship and put them into a children's worship service. And instead of putting the impetus on you to teach your kids we're going to just let you drop off your kids at our youth ministry program and at our children's ministry program on Sunday morning and on Wednesday evening. And, uh, and you you can send your, your youth to our youth camps and to this and that. And and like, and, and effectively it has, um, taken, we we've taken the authority out of the parents' hands and the rightful work that the parents are supposed to have over their kids, and we've systematized it into these ministry programs. And what's interesting is that the return on investment here um, has not only not been great; it's actually been the opposite of what you'd expect or, or what, of what what we desire. And and when you when you notice that you've got to, you. You have to wonder, so so, what kind of a radical shift is it going to take to get the church to a place where they are actually following God's will on this? And in fact, he at the end says, he actually at the end says, it would take such a radical change that I don't actually recommend you try it. Like he recommends taking small steps instead of actually trying to make this radical change. Um, because, um, because he's like, I know people who've lost their jobs over trying to do this. And I just, I just think what has got wrong with the church that attempting to be biblical and to move away from this is, is something that will threaten your job. Um, like it is a seriously a place where we've let our tradition overrule scripture. And, and this, so this book, even, even if you don't yet have a family, um, and you want to have a family or you don't have a family, it's even then it will still, I think it'll really help you to, um, to think about the way we do, we do church, um, and the way we serve families or don't serve families, frankly, um, is it's, it's really going to, i think it'll shake you i think it's going to make you a little bit uncomfortable and and what's funny is like i know people who dis who disagree with them but then when you pr- press them for what they who disagree with this book when you press them for reasons why um they largely sound like pragmatists they end up pushing these sort of pragmatic well you know we don't we know that some parents don't do this and and, and this was actually a point in this book that i found so so radical and yet so hard to refute was he, he even took on that point of like, well, we know the parents don't do that. We know that fathers aren't teaching their kids. We know that parents aren't teaching their kids about God's word and we're not. And so, so we need to do that because they're not going to do it. And then he, then, then he said, okay, so let's, but is it clear which direction the causation is going here? Like, is it clear that, the causation goes in the direction of they're not doing it. Therefore we must do it because uh, he, he really connects this to the, to the fact of, of the weakening of men in our churches. We saying, well, like, well, what we're taking their jobs. We're taking their job away. Like, Um, their, their job is supposed to be, they're supposed to be the primary disciple of their, of their wives. But we set up a woman's ministry to where they study the Bible and they study theology together. And so we just took their job. We just took the husband's job and their job is to disciple their, their children. Well, we took their job when we gave, uh, when we gave the, I, I don't know why I didn't go full screen on this. I'm just realizing I should have gone full screen. Um, we took their job when we handed, um, when, when we asked them to hand their children over to the children's and youth ministry. We took their job away. And so, uh, and then there's guys like me who are like, we've become convicted about it, but now we're like, who is around to teach us? Like, who is around to teach us how to disciple? our our kids or even like so simple as to ask like how do i disciple my wife like you know it's one of those things that like it it sounds so easy but like man it's hard man it's really hard like like can we be honest about that it's really hard like it's really hard to find time to disciple your wife it's hard for us to find time to just talk to each other let alone intentional discipleship Um, but, but the answer to the problem of it being hard seems to be, and so we set up a ministry for you. We set up a women's ministry so that you don't have to worry about that. We'll take care of it for you. Um, and even, even like churches, again, this is like, I I am a trellis and vine. I am more pro trellis and vine. I think than even the trellis and vine people are, um, because you'll find people who are, uh, using trellis and vine language, simple church language, get back to the Bible church language, and they they use the right words, and yet you look into their churches and you see this exact same thing: you see the siloing off by ages, and the off, and the handing off of the roles of fathers, in particular, to the roles of ministry professionals. A ministry professional whose job whose job title is youth pastor, a ministry professional whose job is women's director, women's ministry director, uh, ministry professionals in the form of children's ministry directors. Um, it's it's convicting. I'll tell you that this is convicting. This is a convicting book, and and I and I don't recommend it if you, uh, <laughs> if you don't want to start seeing the problems in the in in the modern church and potentially maybe even your own church, um, but if you want to have a biblical view of the way that faith gets passed from generation to generation, then I can't recommend this enough. Um, although I would say that if you're if you're looking to implement a family-driven faith in your household, um. Uh, start at actually I would recommend you start with his um shep um uh the the family shepherd his book the family shepherd start with that that's gonna be a good starting point and then move into this um yeah uh so that's pretty much what I do in a preambling. That's a pretty much a preambling. I got more time out of that than I expected to. Uh, I'm just gonna take a brief moment to hit the to, to pause the recording for those watching live, which you can be you, um, for one dollar a month at buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. <clears throat> um, but I'm just gonna take a second just to, to readjust the recording and to, to change my my uh, to to um, change my browser, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to, I'm going to work through some, uh, I'm going to, st- I think I'm going to start with the bonus because that's the one that I think I can get through the quickest. So I'm going to come back with a bonus episode shortly, but, um, for now, um, I'm going to close it out with the way we always do for this episode, which is enough preambling. Let's get to the show. This has been Preambling. To hear more, tune in to Anarchist Bible Study episodes 83 and 83.5. Grace and peace.